Welcome to the Brewing Shavers Sports Podcast, where for 30 minutes once a week, we talk about all the things that make us love sports. The games, the rivalries, and of course the personalities. We are stoked that you're listening. Uh, we believe that you're more than listeners. Uh, to quote Brian Kelly, you're family. And we're glad that you're listening to us. Absolutely. And now, here's Ben and Darren. Hey everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast. We are so glad that you have joined us today because we've got a lot to talk about. We are heading into week five of the college football season and what a season it has already been. We have seen upsets, we've seen heartbreakers, we've seen dominating, convincing wins. We have seen the polls change more often than Pamela Anderson changes husbands. That's a that's a great what's that an analogy? Yeah, it's a great analogy because man, it's been a year for the polls, hadn't it? Of course, I will say to give us a little bit of credit on the front end, we did talk about that the first time we went over the AP and coaches polls about how so many of those teams just weren't going to be there. Uh, that they were overrated. That it was all about preseason hype without any real substance whatsoever. And and here we are. You repeat know. after me, Miami. Exactly, and also repeat after me, Notre Dame. That's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised it took this long. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. But it has been an incredibly exciting season already. There's still a lot of football left to play. We've got more upheaval. Georgia Tech announcing yesterday that firing of their athletic director as well as their head coach. So I think that opens up four FBS head coaching positions already. Yes. And this week is only week five, Darren. Exactly. We are almost at the exact same pace we were last year. Because remember, last year it started about week two, and it was once a week because it was like the UConn coach, and then like Clay Helton at USC was week three, and it was just like bam, bam, bam. And it seems to be doing almost the exact same thing again this year. And I, I'm nervous to make predictions about anything when you have a season where you have Kansas and Duke undefeated mm-hmm. exactly. meat and it's a sellout and it's not basketball i'm thinking well, this must be a preview of this this upcoming final four no it's exactly. a football game let's talk about some of the exciting games from this past saturday and let's start off with a heartbreaker for arkansas the 23 21 loss uh, to a&m at jerry world at&t stadium i think is the official designation yes this was a game where, you know, we'll give credit to Jimbo Fisher. Yep. He, he had a good game plan. He coached well. Uh, Max Johnson is actually playing well. And for those of us who are LSU fans, we know he's capable of playing well. Arkansas struggled. They mounted a comeback that fell. I don't know how to describe it, Darren. <laughs> I've never seen a, a missed field goal like that before. I mean, you know, you've heard the old saying he doinked it off the upright, but I've never heard doinked it off the top of the upright because that's you're right i've never seen anything like that before i I guess that is quite literally just about as close as you can get without making one that that was unreal it was unreal and you know as an arkansas fan it had to just be crushing to to watch that because the whole time even when it's getting close to the upright you're thinking it's so high it's gonna you know it's gonna clear it nope (laughs) that was incredible it had to be just heartbreaking you almost wondered if um the way it fell straight down, did somebody shoot the football? <laughs> Is someone impatiently waiting for hunting season and gave up and like, oh, look. Well, you know, Jimbo does make enough money. He could probably hire somebody <laughs> with, with that kind of marksmanship. <laughs> it was a, a tough, tough loss for Arkansas. Their road does not get any easier no. as they face, I believe, at Alabama this Correct. week. Correct, yeah. Uh, it will be a big, big game in Fayetteville. 
And, and you know, the thing about Arkansas is they've got to figure out a way to to get their offense where we thought it would be. Uh, because when you look at the numbers from this last week's game, they did a lot of things right. It was the self-inflicted stuff, you know, losing the fumble, missing field goals. And and their offense was was good, but not at that exceptional level that we've kind of seen at other times. They've got to figure out where to how to get to that point if you're going to beat an A and M, obviously, if you're going to beat an Alabama, and they seem to have kind of taken a step back from that as far as being able to finish. the The production is there; they had 415 yards, but they did not finish the way you're used to seeing them finish. They were less than 50 percent on third down efficiency. Uh, they only had, they, but they had 24 first downs the the whole game. And they did well on fourth down, but it was that it was that finishing and, and being able to convert third downs and and, and keep uh, you know ahead of the change. Those things really kind of haunted them the entire game. Yeah, definitely, it was an exciting game. I feel for the kicker from Arkansas because oh, absolutely we look at these guys and they look like grown men, but you're talking about uh, kids in their early twenties. Yep. You know, Sam Pittman just he handles loss with grace. Uh, he's yep. a competitor. He doesn't like to lose. But I think they'll they'll be back. Will they beat Alabama? I don't think so. Um, as good as that Arkansas O line can be, exactly, and they might win the battle against the the Alabama D line. I, I'm just not sure on the other side of the ball. Yeah, because the thing about it is the the one thing that kind of hurts them is is it was a very physical game. It was a very emotionally draining game to lose that way. And I mean, Alabama's coming off a bye week. I mean, they played at Vanderbilt, but they're coming off a bye week, basically. They didn't really have <laughs> – Alabama really didn't have to do anything this week. So, you know, Arkansas Arkansas is coming up against a team that's pretty pretty uh, rested and, and refreshed. So that's going to hurt them too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was a week for Alabama where, you know that play that we've been trying or that formation? Oh, yeah. Let's let's see how that works. Um, they probably had discussions about running their defensive tackle at quarterback. <laughs> let's be, we don't want to get Bryce Young hurt. What about what about our defensive tackle? Let's put him in. Speaking of heartbreaking losses, how about the Missouri Auburn game? Oh my goodness. It appeared on two different occasions that Missouri had the game in the bag. They marched down the field a incredible drive highlighted by a spectacular catch they set up perfectly for the game-winning field goal a 26-yard field goal attempt straight on missed wide right (laughs) those are haunting words and it it can't get worse darren (laughs) then they have a chance to win in overtime it looks like they're going in for the touchdown that would be the winning score Mm -hmm. and what do you think? To me, it looked like it, the ball just slipped out of his hands. I, I think he was reaching to get it to make yeah. sure he crossed that plane, and it just slipped out of his hand. You can't even tell him that he was doing something wrong. I mean, you always want to have it tucked, have it high, but I mean, at the same time, he was trying to get the ball across the plane, and, and that was hard to watch, heartbreaking to watch. Yeah. But you know, we were just talking about Arkansas and Alabama, or Arkansas and A and M, and the production that both teams had. This game was anti-production. Uh, there were a total of 16 punts <laughs> in this game. The two teams combined barely had over 500 yards of total offense. Neither team had 30% or higher on third down conversion. And you want to see your team, if your team's really doing well, you want to get to that seven, seven and a half yards per play mark. Missouri, five yards per play. 
Auburn 3.3 yards mm. per play for the game. Goodness. I mean, this game was anti-offensive production. Mm. It was uh, – Iowa watched these guys and was like, man, they don't have an offense. <laughs> it was wow. hard to watch at times. <laughs> Those are staggering statistics. When you look at the uh, the chance to win in overtime, and, and it made me think of the play in um, – you know, as we're as we're reflecting on the weekend, the mm-hmm. the pivotal play in the Arkansas A and M game, the turnover. Yes. You know, you encourage your players to go the extra mile to to, to make the extra effort, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it's hard to fault the guys. Absolutely. You know? It's not like they were just acting stupid on the field and it caused a turnover. They they were actually trying to help their team win. Exactly. So. Exactly. That makes it an even tougher spot. There's conversations you can have about ways to possibly doing it different next time, but you're not talking about doing it better next time because I mean, you were doing it – they were giving everything that you asked them to give, and it just – the worst-case scenario kind of popped up and happened mm-hmm. on both of those. Mm-hmm. So one of the uh, worship leaders at, at the church where we go, he – he, uh, I was worried about him because Saturday he he posted on social media, "Gigam Aggies butcher them hogs," <laughs> and and this has been like a very I, I consider him very mild mannered, very, very calm. peaceful, yes. calm. <laughs> uh, wow, there, I, this is a different side. And then we have a worship team that leads worship, and he was standing up there Sunday, and right next to him was a lady who is a huge Arkansas Razorback fan. <laughs> what a display! What? Of- you know, emotions on different ends exactly. of the spectrum. Exactly, <laughs> on both ends. <laughs> so. Also grieving this week are Oklahoma fans. Uh, uh, yes. I was disappointed in this. I, I really believe Brent Venables, he has, has instilled something in OU. I was behind what he was doing. I got on the train, yep. I bought a ticket, and then here we go, K-State coming back, doing what K-State has done in the past with Adrian Martinez mm-hmm. from – Nebraska, in his 23rd year of college eligibility, <laughs> pulling an incredible game out, and oh, you just couldn't stop it. Yeah, this was part of what was talked about with Kansas State the entire offseason. Everybody knew their defense had potential, but a lot of the, like the Big 12 insider guys were talking about this could be the year where their offense really takes a step forward. There were moments you would see it in those first couple of games, but they were very inconsistent. This still could be just a picture of inconsistency, but it sure seemed as that game progressed, the offense kind of progressed because they were doing some really, really nice things that honestly this time last week you would not have thought they'd have been able to do against the Oklahoma defense. And it wasn't just gimmick stuff. It was lining up, running their offense, and doing the things that they needed to do. So this could be a moment that's kind of a turning point for Kansas State. Yeah, and and we'll find out. They've got – is it Baylor this week, or who do they have this week? Uh, no, I, let's I see. Blank. Kansas State has Iowa State. No, uh, Texas Tech. Sorry. Oh, Texas Tech, yeah, which got a big win of, over Texas. Speaking of big wins. In overtime. Yes, and and what a game that was. And I tell you, you knew Texas Tech was showing some improvement this year, but didn't really know how that one was going to swing. But, man, they they played a ball game, did a lot of the things the right that they needed to do. Even when their offensive production wasn't exactly where they needed it to be, their defense stepped up, which, you know, that complimentary football, you got to have all three phases doing exactly what they need to do if you're going to pull off an upset like that. And they did. You know, no turnovers, no fumbles, no interceptions. They did a lot of the things right to put yourself in a position and then took advantage of it. Uh, that's so critical what you just said there in all three phases. We yep. saw that 
in games this past week and yep. how important all three phases are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we want to give a shout out to Kent State. Yes. Who lost again, but against Georgia, they put up 22 points. That's the most against Georgia this season. Congratulations, Kent Absolutely. State. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to give them props because that's not just saying you went up against some random defense. I mean, that is, that's an incredible feat to put up 22 against that defense. And Northern Illinois, uh, a one-score game against Kentucky in Lexington? You know, there had to be some people in Lexington biting, if they had any fingernails left by the end of the game, biting them going, are you kidding? This is this is going to be our, our speed bump, Northern Illinois, which Vanderbilt played Northern Illinois last week and, and or two weeks ago. They're a good team. They're a better team than they get credit for because they're a MAC team. They are a strong team. Did I think they would give Kentucky a little bit of a run? Yes. Did I think it would be a one-score game? No. I gave Kentucky more credit than that. But, man, they played a nice game. Yeah, I think that's the Will Levis factor. Yeah. I think uh, if he's not playing quarterback for Kentucky, they lose this yep. game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then a huge uh, – well, before we get to the a, a big game I want to mention, uh, how about Clemson-Wake Forest? Two overtimes. Uh, what a fun game that was to watch. Yes, 51-45, so. uh, Clemson prevails. And then Florida-Tennessee. Yeah. I know this might be painful for you, but what a great atmosphere at Neyland Stadium. The place was rocking. Yep. Um, you know, this was a huge win for them over Florida. And you almost got the impression, you know, Josh Heupel, you know, kind of looking across the sideline, Bill and Napier, two great coaches, yep. but almost like Josh Heupel saying, welcome to this game. This yep. was your first exactly experience, right. newbie. Yeah, um, exactly. 38-33, incredible quarterback play. Yeah. Um, I think somebody was calling for Hendon Hooker to be in the the Heisman conversation, but you look at Anthony Richardson's stats yep. and both those guys, incredible game. It, yep. it was a real fun game to watch. It was a great game to watch, and, and you you saw you saw exactly what you expected to see from Hendon Hooker. He is really solidifying his spot as one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Uh, Richardson, I think, showed much more consistency and poise during this game. I tell you, just a real quick side note, one of the things that kind of surprised me just a little bit was some of the decisions that Billy Napier made as a head coach. I think there were some times that he was chasing unnecessary points, going for two. Maybe it was just being in that game for the first time. I think those are things when he goes back and watches the tape that he goes, oh, man, not only did I do that and I wish I wouldn't have, but to have to do it on that big of a state. You know, I think there were a couple of – there were three or four pretty clear-cut things that I think if you had to do it over again, he wouldn't, mm-hmm. truthfully. Now, I, ultimately, I don't think they affected the outcome. I think it was Tennessee's game to win, uh, and that became more and more evident as the game went on. But I think there were a few things. It really kind of surprised me, some decisions that Billy Napier made that, again, I firmly believe he won't make a second time if presented with the exact same scenario, but they were still kind of surprising to see. Yeah, I, I want to mention that um, two of our listeners were at that game, Brandon and Nicole, Lack uh, were at that game, and so they're both Tennessee fans, so it was a great game for them to be at, and um, I haven't got to talk to them yet. I'd like to know what the craziest thing was about that day, because game day was there, the place was rocking, a huge win over a hated rival. It was a great day for folks in Knoxville. I heard a guy on another podcast that's a huge Tennessee fan. He's a he's a media member, but he, he's a Tennessee alumni, huge Tennessee fan. He said, I really thought about this being the opportunity to take my young daughter 
to go to Knoxville and experience, because this is going to be one of the greatest things. She's six, seven years old, whatever. This is going to be one of the greatest moments in Knoxville during her lifetime, literally, as the way things have gone. He said, but the more I thought about it, if they win, it's going to be insane in Knoxville. If they lose, it's going to be insane in Knoxville. I think I'll wait a few more years. <laughs> so, so I bet it was in quite the environment after that game was over with. It, it looked like it. We also want to give a, a shout-out to our top three performers in this past week's CBS Sports Pick'em Contest that we do every week, and you can find a link to that on our link tree on our social media uh, accounts. And that is our top three is Matt Hollis, J.T. Moss, and Zach Pape. So we need someone to break through those top three. I actually did, did, did. submit my yes. picks correctly yes, today. Yes, submitted so. them and had a good week. And had a good week. But it wasn't good enough, right? Well, you know, these three guys, Matt, JT, and Zach, they seem to kind of be establishing some some dominance. So, we, like you said, we need to get some people to uh, – It's time for an upset. That's right. It's time for an upset. And if you want to be a part of this, uh, like Ben said, you can look at the link tree. But also, if you use our text line, 318-390-3599, and text us your email address, we'll send you the link and get you rolling on that as well. But before we make the picks for this week's game, let's pause right now for This Week in Sports History. The first college football game to ever be seen on a television screen took place on September 30th, 1939 when the Fordham Rams hosted the Waynesburg Yellow Jackets for a season opener. The game was broadcast by NBC on W2XBS. Fordham, a powerhouse football program at the time, won 34-7. The number of viewers was estimated to be between 500 to 5,000. Oh, thank you. Let's move on to our On the Clock segment, where we look at four games from the Big 12, four games from the SEC, and we talk about who we think is going to win. Darren will spend 30 seconds. I'll spend 30 seconds about each game for a total of a minute. We have a running clock here. So let's go ahead and start with the Big 12 matchups. And Darren, before I put you on the clock, the first game we're going to look at is Oklahoma trying to rebound at TCU. Darren, you are on the clock. I think Oklahoma will rebound at TCU, truthfully. I think Sonny Dykes has an incredible offense. He always does, no matter where he is. But Brent Venables will get the things corrected that he needs to to correct. I think it could be a more exciting game than some people thought it would be. But ultimately, Oklahoma prevails and takes out TCU. I agree with you. I think the the Sooners are going to prevail. Gary Patterson is not on the sideline at TCU. Even though Sonny Dykes is a great coach, uh, I don't think TCU matches up that well. They'll be fired up. Uh, they'll be ready to play. But the Sooners will be smarting from this loss against Kansas State, looking to reestablish their dominance. Brent Venables is going to have his team ready. Uh, get that Sooner schooner. Get those horses fed and watered. They're going to be running. Okay, we have to stop the clock for just a second because you said they're going to be smarting. There is a a continuous conversation at our house about uh-huh. the word smart. Yeah. Misty's grandmother uh-huh. used that word a lot. I had never heard it. And uh, now, yeah. now, since we've talked about it so much, when we hear people, it kind of sticks out. Uh, so 
I would just like to say for the record that TCU is going to be smarting from their loss <laughs> was a great moment. All right, go ahead. <laughs> now we can get back on the clock. Sorry. All right, our second, second game, uh, Texas Tech at Kansas State. Both teams coming off of big wins. Who's going to win, Darren? You're on the clock. You know, I think they're very evenly matched. When you look at yards per play and things like third down efficiency, first downs throughout per game throughout the process of the season, both teams are looking very, very evenly matched. So I think this kind of comes down to a gut. And for whatever reason, maybe it's because I was high on there in the offseason and I'm going to stick with it. I think my gut is Kansas State. I think that's who wins this one. Well, we're two for two. I agree with you on Kansas State. I think Texas Tech's got some things going. But if Martinez can play like he played against OU, then then Kansas State's going to pull away. You wonder about either one of these teams having an emotional letdown from a major victory. But what do you do when both teams are coming off of a a huge upset? It's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, Manhattan is going to be celebrating win for Kansas State. That takes us to a big matchup in in the Big 12, and that is ninth-ranked Oklahoma State at number 17-ranked Baylor. People will be traveling down to Waco, uh, not to, for the Dr. Pepper Museum. <laughs> but it's just a great thing that it's Not there. for <laughs> what's the place where uh, the, the gains are, uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines. My wife made me go there on a Saturday on the way to a football game one time. <laughs> it was the craziest experience ever. You know, I thought football stadiums were packed. I don't know how they got that many people in that place. But anyway. I tell you that just very quickly, Chip and Joanna Gaines, when Texas or when Vanderbilt played Baylor in the Texas Bowl in Houston, what, three years ago, whatever it was. Outside of moments that were big scores, the biggest crowd eruption of the entire night is when they showed Chip and Joanna Gaines in their their luxury box watching the game. You would have thought it was Elvis or pe- people went nuts. What's the deal with those two? But it, anyway. It's amazing. It's amazing <laughs> what, what they've uh, built. So, Darren, you're on the clock, 30 seconds. Who's going to win? Well, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines do like Baylor. So that does lend me toward them. Uh, I, I think Baylor and Oklahoma State are going to be a great game. Oklahoma State's doing great things on offense. Their defense has been imp- unpredictable at best. I think Baylor, this is a moment just like they had last year with a couple of games where things really start to take off and you see everything Dave Aranda is doing kicking in again. Baylor upsets Oklahoma State and o- Oklahoma State fans. It is Derek Mason's fault. Boom, 30 seconds. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you got that in. Beautiful, beautiful. Look at that. The timer went off just in time. I, I think Baylor's going to win here. Dave Aranda is going to be the difference, even though he'll be looking across the field coaching against a man. A true man. <laughs> he's 40 uh, years old. <laughs> he's much older. Now. Was that 15 years ago? Yeah, so he's Can what, 55? That? That's yeah. amazing that that was that so, long ago. Um, but still, he's rocking the hair. Dave Aranda's not rocking the hair. But the as you call him, the football ninja, he's going to have a game plan, had yep. a big win against Iowa State. They come back home to Waco. They they continue to win, continue to roll. Let's move on over to the, uh, the SEC. And uh, – Oh, wait, we've got one more. I, I need to get my eyes checked. Where, Not so fast, my friend. Where are my, you know, vision for less or somebody, if you want to be our sponsor, I we really, would take that. I, I could use some good readers or um, bifocals, whatever. 
Uh, we do want to talk about <laughs> uh, Iowa State at Kansas. Not so much because of Iowa State, but Kansas has a chance here to go 5-0. and Which is amazing. Which is incredible. So, yep. Darren, you look at this game, who wins 30 seconds? I, I tell you what, I'm not even going to need the full 30 seconds. I'm not going to diagnose statistics and all this stuff. Kansas is on a roll. I think they are going to be able to do what they need to do Iowa State is inconsistent at best, game in and game out, just about every single year. I think it applies here. Kansas continues to roll. They hit 5-0, and it's going to be incredible. I agree. Kansas wins. Enough of that. Yep. I want to give a shout-out real quick because I know i got relatives listening to this who are West Virginia fans. I do think the Mountaineers go into Austin and beat Texas. A big win for the Mountaineers. Don't let me down, Neil Brown. <laughs> I have your back. I'm trying to support you. Don't let me down again. Come on, man. Get the win. You did all that in 30 seconds, less than 30 seconds. That was well done. <laughs> Let's move on over to the SEC where we have some really big matchups this week, uh, starting with Kentucky rolling into Oxford to face uh, Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Rebels, who struggled a little bit with Tulsa, but uh, you're raising the hand, no, 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 all right? What, what, well, I, don't, I don't speak sign language, well, Darren. I was just going to say, before you put me on the clock, <laughs> this is our game of the week and is our pet pick game of the week. So if you want to email us at brewingshavers at gmail.com, send us a picture of, of your pet, whether it be dog, cat, guinea pig, white rat. Tell us who you think is going to win between Kentucky and Ole Miss, and we will put those on our social media, which, by the way, we did have an appearance on our social media this week of Jolene, Jolene. like we talked about last week, and Jolene successfully picked Tennessee. So our pet pick of the week, Jolene, is 1-0. Pumpkin, who had previously picked West Virginia, made a reappearance this week as well. She picked Florida. It didn't really work out as well for her. But we did have two pet pickums this of the week on our social media. Pumpkin's great, but Jolene's a legend. Jolene is a legend, and she's one and zero. Can't beat that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Darren. You're on the clock. Thirty seconds. Who wins? This is like you said. This is all about Will Levis versus Jackson Dart and who is going to show up and who is going to play. Honestly, can't believe I'm going to say this, but, but I, I think Kentucky beats Ole Miss. I really, if you'd asked me before the start of the season, even with the, the issues at Ole Miss, I would have thought they would be f- farther advanced. But I, I think Will Levis has a great day. Kentucky wins. Lane Kiffin, an offensive genius. But if I'm going into a, a barroom brawl, I think I'd rather enter in, into that with Mark Stoops. Now, that's true. That's than Lane true. Kiffin. Yeah. And I think Kentucky's going to be ready. They, they, they got a huge wake-up call in that close game against Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Will Levis, is, is I think he's still being kind of disrespected as being considered among the elite quarterbacks. Wildcats go in, take a big one from the Rebels, and they, they, they roll. Lane Kiffin reminds me of that kind of personality that would like hide behind something until the bar fight was over with and then <laughs> pop up, pop up with the guys that won. It's like, yeah, we did that one, didn't we, guys? <laughs> now, I like Lane Kiffin. I do too. I do too. <laughs> I'd love to interview him for the show. Yeah. But, you know, there are some guys where, you know, you know, let's say, Darren, uh, you get in a fight with someone and you pummel the guy and he's still standing and then someone comes in and hits him one time <laughs> and the guy falls over and says, look what I did. Uh, I'm not saying that's you, Lane Kiffin, okay? I'm not saying that's you. But, but we're saying you need to come on the show and prove us wrong. That's yeah. Just tell us why we're wrong. That's all. Prove us wrong. Mm-hmm. Show. Let, let's see some toughness from the Rebels this week. That's right. And uh, you can tell us how, how wrong and 
how we shouldn't have a podcast. I don't know. You Whatever. You know? Well, if you want to come onto the show, you want to roast us for 30 us. seconds, yeah, roast exactly. us, okay? Because you are a coach in the SEC, exactly. and we're two guys that have a podcast exactly. just for the fun of it, okay? Exactly. What do we know at the end of the day? Let's move down to a big matchup, Alabama, who continues to roll against Arkansas, coming off a really disappointing loss yeah. against A&M. This game is in Fayetteville. You know the atmosphere is going to be rocking. Darren, in 30 seconds, you're on the clock. Who wins? As much as I want Arkansas to win, uh, it, it does help me. It does make me feel a little bit better about that possibility because it's at home and that place is going to be crazy, like you said. But it's that's a hard emotional beating to come back up off of the mat from. Then when you add that you basically have to stand up off the mat and fight Muhammad Ali after an emotional <laughs> beating, I, I think that's just too much. I think Alabama wins. I agree with you. I think Arkansas has a chance to make this close if their offensive line can control the line of scrimmage. I don't know defensively um, if they can stop um, Bryce Young in Alabama. It, it, it's going to be a good game to watch. Um, don't count the hogs out completely, but I think Alabama comes out with a win. Let's talk about moving down to Stark Vegas, Mike Leach's territory. Yes. Uh, speaking of great post-game quotes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. we could probably use one from Mike Leach every <laughs> Just week. Just about every week, that's right. Texas A&M rolls into town coming off of that big win against Arkansas. Darren, 30 seconds, who wins? Well, as much as I would love for the football pirate, that's what we'll start calling Mike Leach, like we have football ninja, as much as I would love for the football pirate to win this game, I think what they bring to the table is offense, and if Jimbo has shown anything, is even on their worst day, their defense can still stand up for the most part. I think their offense is showing some progress, some promise. They've got a huge momentum swing right now, and I think they continue on that process. I think they beat Mississippi State. I disagree with you on this. I'm going to go with the Pirates from Mississippi State. I know that's not their mascot. <laughs> but you know, it should the Bulldogs, be. But it should be with Mike Leach there. Change your name to the Pirates. That how would be is, epic. How is there not a flag that has like a Bulldog face with the skull? Yes. And how does that not exist And already? get a pirate ship like they have, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. That would be you awesome. Know, <laughs> and, and put people on there and they can ring pirate cowbells. <laughs> What is a pirate cowbell? Get, Just get, <laughs> get, get a pirate eye patch for the bulldog. There you go. Now that I mean, I'm on for. That's, that's it. So, oh, look at that. We got uh, out of you time. Did, you didn't. I use am your... over. A flag has been thrown on me. This is a warning. This is a sideline warning, okay? So, one more uh, SEC game that we want to talk about. Two unranked teams Auburn, which found a way to win, yeah. courtesy of Missouri. LSU, which played a well, it was one of those games. Let's let's try some new wrinkles and see how it works as they played New Mexico last Saturday night. Uh, this is a night game at Auburn. Darren, in 30 seconds, who wins? Auburn won the game against Missouri only because Missouri wanted to lose worse. That will not be the case this week. LSU will want to win. Auburn will not be able to do anything about it. Uh, and we will be officially that much further into Harson Watch 2022 <laughs> about how long his job is going to last. Go Tigers! <laughs> Three seconds. Well done. <laughs> that takes us into four down territory. Four down territory. Here we go. You're in four down territory.
Darren, as you look at the games coming up for week five, uh, who is your sure thing pick? Well, it's almost cheating uh, to use Georgia, but I think it's <laughs> I think it's that obvious, especially with everything I just said about the Auburn-Missouri game. If there is a sure thing, it is Georgia over Missouri. You're talking about the upset of all upsets. Sure thing, Georgia beats Missouri. Good pick. Although if Missouri somehow wins, it erases everything that happened the week before. Oh, yeah. Eli Drinkwitz has a what four-year extension <laughs> by the time he gets off the plane in, in Columbia. It's not going to happen. No. All right, so my sure thing pick is I am going to stick with Mark Stoops and the Kentucky Wildcats. They're going to go in, face Lane Kiffin, who's going to have some incredible offensive wrinkles ready for, for Kentucky. It's going to be a fun game to watch, but I think Kentucky wins. Uh, put it down, Kentucky Wildcats going to Oxford and leave with a victory. How about your upset pick for the week? Well, I'll go back to one of the games we've already talked about, and I'll just do it for the purpose of reemphasizing that it's going to be Derek Mason's fault, Baylor over Oklahoma State. That's my upset pick of the week. (laughs) How about you? I'm going to go with the Bulldogs of Mississippi State, even though it would be better if they were Pirate Bulldogs. (laughs) Oh, what about Pirate Dogs? Pirate Dogs. That sounds like a Sonic menu item. You need to create a logo. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Send it to Mike Leach. And that's another great interview. We'd love to have Mike Leach on the show. (sighs) That is like a... All-time interview. That would be incredible. He can talk about whatever he wants. (laughs) Was it the Vanderbilt game last year? He spent the entire, like, the Tuesday pregame press conference talking about candy corn. That's what it was. Yeah. (laughs) He spent 20 minutes on candy corn. So, yeah, Mike Leach can talk about whatever, and it's going to be interesting. (laughs) How great to have that much confidence. You really don't care what people think. Exactly. You really don't. We all say we don't care. Mike Leach really doesn't. Does not care. So I think Mississippi State pulls off a win. I think this is somewhat of a trap game for A&M. They're looking and saying, oh, well, you know, Mississippi State, yeah. We got bigger fish to fry. That's a good point. Um, I think Mississippi State pulls out uh, the upset. So that takes us to our brown bag pick of the week. And, Darren, who's yours? Well, I hate to keep picking on people that didn't do well at Vanderbilt and have continued to not do well anywhere else, but my my brown bag pick of the week is the Colorado Buffaloes. They are horrendously bad. They're going to play Arizona this week, which doesn't even really matter. And it doesn't matter so much. You and I were talking before we started recording. Tickets on third-party ticket exchange sites for this game are going for $4. So that tells you everything you need to know about how exciting and interesting this game is going to be. And Colorado will still figure out a way, even a game that nobody is interested in, probably to do something that everybody pays attention to and embarrass themselves. Every game just about is a Colorado, is a brown bag game for Colorado. Mm. Now, this game's in Tucson, right? Right. Tucson's a rocking city. Yeah. It's a great city. I mean, incredible Mexican food. Uh, The first place I ever went to that had healthy Mexican food. I didn't even know that existed. I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) But it's a really cool place. It's a cool place to visit, but I think you're right on this football game. Definitely brown bag. And who's your brown bag? I am going with, and and I don't know who to blame here. It's kind of like you get mad at the government and you're like, Okay, I want to know who to blame. Everyone's pointing the finger at everyone else. But I don't know who made the decision to put LSU Tennessee at 11 a.m. in week six. Really? Have you never been to Baton Rouge? I know the game's on ESPN. Was it ESPN? The SEC office announced the time. Yeah. 
who was this a collusion? Did they they, they get together on this? This is like Watergate, okay? And I'm going to find Deep Throat, and I'm going to find out what happened here because this makes no sense. No. The people in Baton Rouge are not even awake at 11 a.m. No. They're dragging out of bed. They're, you're only going to give them – I mean, they're going to have to get up at 4 in the morning to start tailgating. They have to start tailgating Friday night. Because if you're saying you only get four or five hours to tailgate, yeah. that doesn't work in Baton no. Rouge. It doesn't. Okay, the stands – I don't know if they can get them in the stands. They're going to have to find a way – you're going to have to offer free beer or free yeah. jambalaya or something. Free boudin. Gumbo, no. <laughs> you know. But my goodness, this is an incredible game. You're putting LSU-Auburn this week at night. Right. A night game. But you're not putting Tennessee coming to Baton Rouge as a night game? This game doesn't happen every year. No, exactly. You know, Tennessee's the thing not about in the it. SEC exactly. West. I don't know who made this decision. I realize A&M and Alabama are playing – that day, OU Texas, which is always an early game, which I've never understood as well. Yep. Uh, but come on, man. This is Baton Rouge. You have a chance for a Saturday night game against Tennessee. And the other thing that makes it even sillier, and, and I assume that it's the network, it's the ESPN pulling the trigger to get it at an 11 o'clock game. But the thing that makes this make even less sense is before this game has a chance to happen again, we're going to have Texas and Oklahoma come into the league who knows the next time Tennessee comes into Baton Rouge and you don't make that a night game? That's crazy to me. It's absolutely a horrible crazy. decision. Yep. ESPN headquarters, what are they in Connecticut? Is exactly. That right? Come on, guys. Do you spend any time in the South? <laughs> I think we know the answer to that. But <laughs> We need to stop. We don't want to take up all your time about this, but – I'm gonna. We're gonna wrap this show up, and I'm gonna rant and rave some more until Darren finally walks out the door, turns <laughs> off the lights, and leaves me by myself. Party's over. <laughs> Remember, we'd love for you to connect with us. We've got some great information about this hundred dollar gift card to Fanatics, which is a a website where you can get anything sports related, anything, whatever your team is. Yep. And we have been talking about it on this podcast for a couple of weeks. We're going to run this for about another three weeks, and we're going to make a little bit of a turn and focus in addition to the podcast. We're going to put this on all of our social media. So by the time you hear this, even if it's first thing this morning or, or later on, by the time you hear this, there will be social media posts on all three social media platforms that tells you the steps to take in order to be able to, to qualify strictly on social media for this giveaway. So if you follow those steps, and like I said, that'll be on, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you follow those steps, everyone that does it will be entered into the, the, the giveaway. One person will be randomly selected. And like I said, in about three weeks, we'll run it for that whole time. And in about three weeks, we'll announce it on the podcast in addition to announcing it on our social media. And we want to say again, a, a huge thank you because we joke about sponsors with Dr. Pepper and all these different things, but, but a huge thank you to Manufacturers Advantage here in Bossier City uh, that made this giveaway possible, that sponsored this giveaway so we can do this because we love being able to do things like this for you guys that take time out of every single week and listen to us. So a big, big thank you to Manufacturers Advantage. Go check them out at www.mfgadv.com. We do appreciate their support and uh, making this giveaway possible. Uh, remember the Pet Pick'em of the Week, Kentucky versus Ole Miss, and our text line at 
390-3599. We'd love to hear from you about your thoughts on the games, our picks, or who we should have on the show coming up. We've we've, we've listed some folks, right? Mike yep. Leach and Lane Kiffin. There's a couple. We're, you know, Brian Kelly wouldn't be wouldn't be bad either. I think that would be um, super fun. But um, we'd love to have some guests. If you have some ideas, let us know. We always uh, appreciate sponsors. And every week I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper Zero, but they still are not sponsoring the no, show. So no. if anybody knows anybody at Dr. Pepper, drop them a line. Let them know. Let them know. That's exactly right. So thank you again for listening. Remember, new episodes drop every Tuesday at 6 a.m. You can listen anytime at your convenience on whatever podcast platform you choose to listen So until next Tuesday, y'all take care. Have a great week.